there and welcome in again to a brand new installment of the Korea Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Meller. And as always, we are brought to you by the CG Sports Network. And we are the show that seeks to light the competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. I am extremely humbled and excited to be welcoming on Shikhar Tandon to the Career Competitor Podcast today. Now, Shikhar is a woman who set out on pursuing her dreams within an environment that simply did not have a blueprint for how to achieve such dreams. A former Olympic standard swimmer, having qualified for Olympic Games as the first Indian person to do so in multiple disciplines of swimming, she has been applying these very qualities that brought her to international glory on behalf of her country to a career in biological research and human performance analysis. Today, Shikhar works for Silicon Valley Exercise Analytics in her role as Director for Global Partnerships, as she, along with many other former athletes, are delivering an exercise intelligence service, providing the necessary data and analytics for athletes for all levels to optimize their efforts and performance. As you're going to hear within this interview, her position today involves providing a very specific service. But there are actually components within her work that, when you look closely, are extremely applicable across all walks of life. That's what we do best on this show. Extract specific qualities of an individual or that they apply within a specific role and provide teachable takeaways for you to instill within any and all parts of your career. So... Without any more description, without any more introduction, let's welcome in Shikhar Tandon to the Career Competitor Podcast, and I hope you all enjoy. Hey guys, before we jump into this interview today, please take the time to subscribe or follow the show on whatever podcasting platform that you are listening to us on, especially those of you listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Take the time to subscribe, download each episode, and especially whatever platform you're listening to us on, leave a rating. Let us know what you're thinking of the show. And make sure you're also reaching out and letting me know directly you can do exactly that through careercompetitor.com. You can access the blog as well, which is just simply a one and a half to two minute read of each competitive call that I am releasing, which are five to 10 minute dissections of some of the great takeaways, some of the great talking points that I'm pulling from each and every interview. So, so much content out there in relation to Career Competitor now. So make sure you're taking the time to check it all out. And of course, if you need a, uh, a safer, simple option, go to career underscore competitor on Instagram as well. Okay, well, I am extremely excited to be welcoming on Shikhar Tandon to the Career Competitor podcast. First and foremost, on what appears to be a very nice day where you are in California. How are you? Good, Steve. Really happy to be here. And uh, thanks for thanks for having me. And we should mention on the outset is that you are expecting a child any day, any minute, in fact, um, which is a big deal. And we joked about it beforehand, but this would be a a new first for career competitor if you were to go into labor during the interview itself. But uh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed that the your your soon to be new daughter will just uh, wait uh, at least another hour or so so we can record this this interview. Yeah, hopefully that's the case. Looking forward to this. Well, the, you know, big part of why you're on the show here, Shikhar, is that I, I, you know, saw your background in the sport of swimming and and someone who actually heralds from the country of India, which historically, 
across a lot of the Olympic sports, um, not a huge amount of participation. And, and for you as an individual in the sport of swimming from the country of India, very much first of, of, a, of a kind, really, in, in terms of what you went on and achieved within the sport, just fill everybody in briefly here with just your background in the sport of swimming and what it was you were able to do representing your country. Sure. So I, uh, I grew up in India, like you mentioned, uh, and I started swimming at the at the age of eight. Uh, it was not my sport of choice. Uh, I actually stumbled into it because of my uh, younger brother. He had severe asthma. And so the doctor recommended that, you know, he takes up swimming to help his lung capacity. And uh, mom wasn't going to leave me alone at home. So I was also taken along to the pool. And I mean, I was a pretty uh, active kid. I liked being outdoors. I liked running. And in fact, running is the sport that I wanted to pursue mm. at that time. Um, but for, for whatever reason, that wasn't an option till, until a year later. Uh, but I started swimming at the age of eight. Um, I actually competed and won uh, my first national medal at the age of nine. Wow. And, you know, beyond that, it was really no looking back because I started enjoying the sport so much. And then I... Uh, by the age of 12, 13, I was one of the fastest swimmers in India, even at the senior level. So I swam uh, at the Asian Games for India at the age of 13. So I've been competing and representing India ever since I was 12. Wow. Uh, went to the Olympics when I was 19. I uh, was the first Indian swimmer to uh, represent India at the Olympics in more than one event, which was the 50 and the 100 freestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, you know, just like growing up, like the Olympics was never really the goal. And I think sure. I seriously started thinking about the Olympics just a few years before actually the Athens Games in, in 04. And, uh, you know, won a ton of medals for India over the 15-year career that I had. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, what, 146 national medals and yeah. 37 international medals. Um, broke like 75 national records. One of them actually still stands. Wow. Uh, the first time I broke it in the 53 was in the year 2000 and I've held it since then. Wow. Something I would have never imagined, you know, 20 sure. plus years on. Yeah. Uh, but that's where we are today. And um, you know, yeah, so swimming is really just what has shaped me as a person and my interests and my passions. And that's almost like given me a stepping stone for the career that I've had uh, had after that. Yeah, and I definitely want to get to that career uh, here at some point. But just to just to stick with the swimming story for now, as I alluded to there at the beginning, you know, and I've I've been able to sort of keep a keep a good eye around the world on on where swimming is affluent and where swimming really isn't necessarily uh, massively popular. And you touched on there that you know learning to swim at eight years old in, in a country like here in the U.S it's almost a given that by the time you're one or two years old, you're doing something in the water, whether it's learning to swim, whether it's simply something to do in the summertime with, with mom and dad and the family, you know, for you to get to the age of eight and then by nine already be doing things at a competitive level, what were your experiences in terms of just being around water, Never mind, you know, just swimming, but being around water at a, at a young age during your childhood? So I was the one kid that did not want to be in the pool. I would be happy being taken to the pool. Right. Uh, and actually just outside the pool on the deck, they had this little uh, water fountain. So I would be that kid who would be just walking around in my swimsuit with my finger dipped into the fountain and just happy to kind of, you know, that was my idea of swimming back then while all my friends, uh, you know, it used to be like one of those Sunday activities where you, the whole family goes to the pool and, you know, the kid, other kids my age were diving in and, picking up coins and things off the floor and just, you know, playing Marco Polo and things like that. And I would right. be the kid who would be outside, um, you know, quite happy to to sit it out and uh, was there more for the, 
uh, potato chips and ketchup that was served after that Zoom <laughs> session. <laughs> That's what I was there for. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, this was started when I was six. So I was introduced to the concept of water around the age of six, uh, mm-hmm. but never really took to it, you know, till I was eight. And um, even then, in fact, like one of, uh, during one of those Sunday swim sessions, or let's call it pool sessions, uh, you know, one of our family friends took me in the pool and said, you know, I'll, I'll help you try and get comfortable. And I was just, just did not want to be there. And I want to do everything I could to get out. So mm-hmm. I started kicking and I kicked him really hard. And that's when he looked up at my mom and told her that, hey, Shika has a really strong kick. She's going to be a really good uh, <laughs> breaststroker someday. And, and and funny enough, like the first national medal I won was the 50 breaststroke. So oh, it, I go. feel like it all just came full circle. But uh, that was my intro to, you know, just being around the pool and being around water. But yeah. I think what really helped was the fact that I wasn't necessarily pressurized into being in that pool. And I was given mm. the time and the space that I needed. Yeah. to get comfortable and i think just looking back i think that's those two years just helped me uh you know when i did finally get into the pool at eight, eight and 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 start taking things uh you know a little more seriously or at least being in the pool a little more yeah and as you started to take things more seriously you know as you as you mentioned there in in, in just the the story of your career earlier there must have been a turning point where you said listen this is this is actually bigger than me. Like I, I'm doing something that people within my country have never done before. I'm pursuing a sport that, frankly, people within my country have never taken seriously before. Like, when did you start to maybe appreciate, or when did people at least let you know that this was going to be something as significant, as big as it eventually became? So I don't think there was at any point where someone said, you know, like this is now going to be your sport. Like I said, I was. It was something that I was just enjoying. It was something that. You know, my parents were just supporting me through and through. I had exceptional coaches. And so it was really just taking one day at a time through that journey. And I, I know that sounds cliche, but that's really what it was. There was no point where it was like, okay, this is going to be something you're going to do day in and day out. And I really wanted to be a runner. And the academy that I wanted to join said, come back at the age of nine on your ninth birthday. And, and that really never happened. So mm-hmm. you know, I was enjoying swimming. I took it one day at a time. But I think... Uh, at the age of 12, when I uh, when I w- was the fastest swimmer, in fact, when I started off my career, I was a distance swimmer. And, uh, you know, I was the fastest swimmer in, in that India I'd ever had in the 400 freestyle when I was 12. And so I think that's when, you know, maybe things got a little more serious. And then sure. because of that, uh, uh, that national record, I made it to the Indian team for the Asian Games, which is a big deal in India. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the younger members on the team. And, you know, from that point on, I think that's when, you know, you can maybe say that things took a turn for, you know, the more competitive aspect of of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And I can only imagine that as you started to feel that sense of like, hey, you know, people are probably starting to learn that maybe who you are, like you probably started to become more of a a known person simply because you were doing something at something as big as an Asian Games that not a lot of Indian people had done before. And I, for me personally, I find that fascinating in that just because of the age that you were, I mean, I, I can't imagine being somewhere between that sort of 13 to 17, 18 years of age and going to these major meets, uh, major competitions, sorry, and, and, and being at swim meets within these competitions and Again, like you said, you know, people across India, 
tuning in to to coverage of the Asian Games, and here you are, this young woman who's who's doing what you're doing in a sport of, you know, in many ways just a little smaller than probably some of the other major sports that people are tuning into. Did you did you sense that people were becoming like a fan of yours? That you were becoming kind of a big deal at what you were doing? I think within the swim community, yes, you know, obviously because you're one of just a handful of of swimmers that are representing uh, the country at the Asian Games or the World Championships. So I think within the swim community, you get to be known. Um, But, you know, swimming as a sport in general back then in India was not uh, as popular as it is now. Mm. And so outside of that uh, community, you know, maybe not too many people knew about swimmers and what they go through and what the training's like and what the competitions are like and things like that. But uh, you know, I was I was still in school, so my friends and classmates and teachers knew I was allowed uh, out a lot training, competing. <laughs> they knew I was out swimming, doing something for India, but I don't think right. anyone really grasped what that meant. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, that's it's incredible, and I, I just find the whole thing really interesting, and especially there you are alluding to that you know the sport of swimming is now become much more popular within the country and i'm sure someone like you gets referenced massively as uh, as, as someone who really set that up as a as a feasible sport to to pursue and, and and become competitive at have you noticed that you know and again trying to stick with the theme of this show here with with competitiveness have you have you sensed a a, a more competitive feel within the country within swimming that hey this isn't something we're just going to take part in like we want to become successful at it Definitely. I think over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, the sport has definitely grown, uh, both in terms of the number of kids coming in to want to pursue it at a younger age. And, uh, you know, like we we talked about earlier, where, you know, now uh, parents are more inclined to have their kids pursue sport or at least get involved with the water Mm -hmm. at a much younger age. Uh, across India, you have toddler programs, infant programs, which are popping up, which are, you know, getting more and more popular, which wasn't the case when I was swimming. So definitely as a sport, I think there's more awareness. And I think uh, the way people are now beginning to approach the sport is also as a, as an essential life skill, which mm-hmm. again is, is a huge mindset change, a huge cultural shift uh, from what it was 10, 15 years ago. So that's definitely helping bring you know, more and more kids, more and more parents into into the pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully that, you know, widens the funnel and then you have more kids competing. And, you know, the the, the junior swimmers right now in India are extremely talented. Uh, some mm-hmm. of them are, you know, on par with uh, with swimmers across the world at their, at their age. So definitely things looking up, you know, you have your, um, the government's more supportive, the federation's more supportive towards these swimmers and you have even private companies now and you know swim apparel companies coming in to sponsor these kids which again wasn't the case back then so things definitely looking up uh so you know i anticipate in the next you know five ten years things uh will be pretty different from what they are now and definitely a lot different than what they were definitely yeah and i'm with every step of an evolution like this that there always has to be one or two that that are that force um, that you know really creates that momentum, and and you obviously were part of that initial force of creating interest within the sport. And I'm sure there's going to be one or two talented Indian children right now that are are, are going to take off here in the next five or ten years, and that'll be part of the next shift of, of momentum within the country too. That's always so exciting for me as someone who is. It doesn't really matter the sport, honestly. The Olympic movement in general, I find just to be one of the coolest, most pure things that we still have to this day in sport, where you have 
countries that don't have a history of, of, of maybe just competing or taking part in particular sports that suddenly come onto the scene and are now in some way, shape or form significant in what they do. I, I just find it to be one of the coolest things that you don't really see in these so-called sort of professional sports. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for a couple Olympics from now to see a few more Indian swimmers uh, representing the country and, and getting second swims and getting opportunities to compete for medals. It's it's just really cool to me. But I, I do want to transition on to what you've been doing now for the last uh, 10 years or so and uh, tell everybody what it is you're actually doing today. So right now I work uh, for an exercise intelligence company. It's called Silicon Valley Exercise Analytics. Uh, it's based out of uh, California mm-hmm. and so I'm a director of partnerships there. And so what we do is exercise intelligence and sports analytics. So if you think about different teams and athletes that are you know, exposed to you know, tons and tons of data every day, they're collecting it from wearables, from training off the field, on the field. Uh, so where we come in is we help them understand what all of that means in a hmm. in a way that they can, you know, optimize their performance, recovery, and and training on a day to day basis. Yeah, it's for for me as a as a sports junkie, I'm uh, such a. I, I don't know, such a nerd when it comes to this stuff. I, I love it. I think it's all so interesting. It, it, it is for, for people that have been involved in the sport and that, you know, here I am as a, as a swim coach in my full-time job. I know a huge amount about the sport. I've been around the sport, the data and the analytics component of it. What I love about services like yours is that you have the intelligence that comes with that area to make that stuff applicable and make it easy for someone like me that simply does not have that level of intelligence when it comes to data and analytics to to make it simple to make me understand what it is I'm looking at and how it's apparent to both myself as a coach and obviously also as the, the most importantly the athletes themselves and um, I, I find this this service to be really great and and for you as a former athlete and thinking about this service now really is something that you're obviously trying to continue to build and and become as competitive with as possible what do you find from your experience as an athlete that helps you best to sort of provide this service and really optimize, if you will, this service to people? So I think the the experiences, so actually, in fact, everyone on the on the uh, team at the company, everyone has some sort of sports background. So everyone's awesome. either still involved with the sport competing or, you know, has been in the past. So I think collectively, we all understand uh, the athlete side of things as well. Mm. Uh, so I think that's a huge bonus because not only do we understand the science aspect, but it's like, how do you implement that beca- and think about it from an athlete side of things uh, on mm. a day to day? You know, what does that athlete go through when you wake up in the morning? What does that mindset look like? How, you know, everyone wants to push through and get those goals. How do you uh, think about those goals just the way the athlete is and kind of work backwards or, you know, with the coach or their, their support team to give them the best opportunity to uh, to achieve those goals. So I think just being able to think like the athlete, uh, being able to put yourself in that athlete's shoes uh, definitely helps in how we, uh, how we approach our, uh, you know, recommendations and how we work with these uh, athletes. Yeah. And I think this is something that can be really applicable to almost every walk of life is that, especially in this day and age, there's always going to be some version of feedback, whether it's analytics, whether it's something else, there's, there's going to be a feedback loop of some sort. And then there's going to be this human element of competitiveness and inner drive. And well, I don't care what the analytics say. I want to do this. I want to do that. 
how have you found those challenges as because because obviously when you're the one representing the data and the and the analytics you have to trust it and believe it as much as anybody and, and here you are potentially working with an athlete that's going to turn around and say well i hear what you're saying but i'm too stubborn let's say i'm too uh focused on my goals let's say where this this is going to prevent me from working hard today i don't want to hear it you know what how, how do you deal with that sort of situation so i mean you actually mentioned something really interesting where you said it's going to prevent me from working hard and i think that's such a uh, I, I think that's a good place to start because where we come in, it's the intelligence piece. So it's not like we're preventing you from working hard. Mm. Think about it like, you know, at every, any, any given day, you as an athlete or me as an athlete has 100% of effort to give. Now, how can I optimize that 100% so that you are using it the most effectively, uh, you know, for that given day? Because you're mm. different today than you were yesterday. Uh, and you're going to be different tomorrow than you are today. So it's not about how, how am I preventing you from working hard? It's like, how do I make that hard work, you know, be the most effective for you on that day? And that's really what this is. It's not just about showing you the data, or telling you, like, hey, these are the numbers. Mm. It's helping you understand what does that even mean? And how can mm. you use that and, you know, get recommendations that are really, really tailored towards you and your goals and where you're going so i'm, I'm glad you you mentioned that <laughs> <laughs> good and, 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 and you know in terms of just that philosophy in general have you found and obviously just from a typical day-to-day whether it's being a parent whether it's being a wife whatever these other roles that you have within your life have you found that there's a way for you to almost keep this philosophy keep this approach in the back of your mind almost in these other roles as well definitely i mean you know especially in the last one year where, you know, everything was very, very different for everyone. Absolutely. Where, yeah. You know, everyone's juggling uh, a ton of different things, be it at home, be it at work, be it in their sport. And so, you know, on any given, given day, whether you're trying to do a workout or whether you're trying to manage something at home or at work, you have just X amount of energy and X amount of resources at your, at your disposal for the day. And so it's like, how do you optimize that and just make the best uh, off that day and off that, uh, you know, effort and energy that you have, you're, you're not always going to feel the best. Uh, there are days which you, you will have your ups and downs. And I think just embracing that and just understanding and knowing that at the end of the day, you did what you could for the day, mm. I think uh, is something that is, is very calming and is very, uh, you know, it's something that I, I try and do every day. It's, I may not get through my entire list, but <laughs> I know if I did the best I could, I, I'm able to sleep happy that night. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it it's what I love about it is it, it it's just this this cycle of you know every single day you're gonna have these lists of things that you want to do, and at the end of the day, if you're willing to take the time, you're gonna have a feedback loop. You're gonna have an opportunity where you can say, "Hey, what did I do well? What did I maybe not get done that I really wanted to get done? How can I now go into tomorrow and think, okay, listen, if this is a priority, I need to make sure it get I get it done. How will I do that? And so there's this human component of just the typical day-to-day that we live in and obviously i i don't think anyone's going to create a data and analytics service for being a parent anytime soon uh, <laughs> but in terms yeah, yeah, of that. <laughs> yes exactly yeah so you, your child turns around and probably lets you know like hey you know what, what i need this i need this they're yeah. the current they're the current feedback um uh, but in, in terms of just as an athlete and going back to the service itself i think obviously there, there are so many things that we can be tracking and giving feedback on but 
to your point, is is just a, an average human being that that there is a a core philosophy with this service that if we can all actually just sort of take it on and and use it and and think about it, be conscious about it, it's very it's very effective. It's very effective, and I love how you put it there. Just that calmness that can be provided at the end of the day, like. Did I get out of my day what I wanted to get out of my day? And I'm sure that's part of the service, right? Is is, is giving an athlete and a coach, especially a sense of calmness, like, hey, we, we got the most out of our day. Right. And that, and that's really what you want to do, right? You want to be able to put in your best foot forward on any given day. And, and that's what this is about. So even if you think about, you know, someone that's not necessarily an athlete or someone, uh, you know, who's a recreational athlete or even think about it from a work perspective, you know, people are exhausted. People are emotionally just exhausted from the from the past one year mm. and i'm going to use that in as, as an example because you know we couldn't travel a whole lot so a lot of people were not taking time off uh from work and their productivity was you know maybe not at the most optimal that they wanted but the idea was hey why why should i take a day off when i can't really go anywhere mm-hmm. so when you think about these different feedback loops i mean you're you're considering uh, you know, your emotional status, your mental well-being, your just physically, how do you feel? How well did I sleep? How well did I eat? Uh, and all of these different aspects come into play when you think about how ready you are for that day to give your 100%, you know, whatever that might mean for the day. So, you know, even if you're not necessarily competing at the elite level, if I can come in and just spend five, 10 minutes of my morning, just thinking about how I feel. And if I need to take that day off, uh, you know, maybe I will, because now I have a better grasp and understanding of, of who I am and how ready I am for the day. And um, that indirectly helps with my productivity at work. So there's really no point just pushing through. And so you can equate that to an athlete just pushing through and getting injured and then having to take, you know, a lot of time off away, you know, somebody who's, who's stressed out at work, who needs that time off, but just hasn't necessarily, thought about that and so hasn't taken that time off and then you just get burnt out and and no one really wants that you want to be fresh at your job you want to be fresh at you know your personal life whatever that might mean and and so this whole feedback loop just kind of flows through right from the elite level to the recreational level or even someone that you know necessarily is not involved in in sport but from a health perspective i think it's it's pretty crucial too yeah, that's just some fantastic insight. And we, we've not used the word, considering the show's called career competitor, we've not used the word competitor a whole lot within this discussion. But I want people to understand that for you to be competitive, the, the use of some sort of feedback loop in your life is is paramount. It's It's so important. And I think using the first five or 10 minutes at the beginning of a day, as you said, there is a, an exercise that I myself do in, in, in my own way as well. And I think one thing that a lot of people can be guilty of sometimes is allowing, the, allowing themselves to press snooze uh, through the alarm a couple of times. And those are potentially valuable five or 10 minutes that we could actually be using to, to, to sit and think about the day ahead. And this is an area that I do well. I can say, I can say confidently, and she's probably going to hate me for saying this, that my wife doesn't do that as well. <laughs> but in terms, of, in terms of me personally, like it, it really does set up my day nicely to, to, to use five or 10 minutes and schedule that, like actually schedule that time to, to, to stop and think about what's coming up. And it does give you that calmness, that control of what's about to come up in the day. And again, even though we've not used the word competitor too much within this discussion, Shika, how do you maybe describe yourself as a as a competitor? Do you find that there are things that still create this fire within you to be competitive in the work you do? Definitely. I mean, I throughout my career, you know, I, I when I started off swimming, that's really how I got interested in 
in uh, you know just pushing the limits to what i can achieve as a swimmer and that uh, led to an interest in in the subject of biology and mm. human performance and you know that so essentially at every step of my career so far things have uh, i've i've constantly been learning and almost using my previous experiences as a stepping stone and then just adding something more to it an additional layer and then using that to you know do something different and something new Uh, so I, I think that's something that I've taken from the sport of swimming, where every day you're pushing yourself to do something different, make a tweak, make a change, just so you can be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that stuck with me, and that's really how I approach uh, my, you know, non-swimming c- career as well, where I, I take the opportunities that that come my way, and they may not look the most linear, uh, <laughs> but I'm okay with that. <laughs> Absolutely, no, I, I I couldn't agree more with that last part. Um, it's. Uh... It's okay. It's okay for it not to be linear. It's okay to have some ups and downs. It's part of the process. Shikhar, thank you so much for the time and completely best of luck with the new arrival on the way any day now. I'm excited to uh, probably release this episode a couple of weeks after she arrives. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll see we'll we'll see how uh, <laughs> Yes, there you go. She can listen to the episode when she arrives. There you go. How about that? Can be a first podcast. Mommy can be on her first podcast that she listens to. That's awesome. Um, Shikha, again, thank you so much for your time and all the best with everything, okay? Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks. My thanks again to Shikha for joining us on the podcast today. And I was hoping to leave you with the news that her baby daughter had arrived. But as of the day before I'm releasing the episode, that is still yet to be the case. So we are waiting still to to hear the news on that part. Now, if any of the tools and services seem of interest to you that Shikhar mentioned in relation to Silicon Valley exercise analytics, then I encourage you to go and learn more about the work and the services they provide at svexa.com. So if you want to just sort of sound it out, svexa.com. I don't know whether you guys actually say it like that there, but I think it sounds pretty cool. S-V-E-X-A.com, Svexa.com. But in terms of the insight Shikar provided, I believe through her composed and yet competitive nature, you start to understand how she was able to do what literally no person had done before her in the history of Indian swimming. And also why it is today she is serving such a vital role in assisting the future performance and successes of athletes everywhere. And as she mentioned within the interview too, she works with all these other former athletes as well. Their instincts tell them that as athletes want themselves, they want to provide a service. They want to be available to people and set people up to be successful in ways that maybe they themselves were not able to benefit from when they were athletes. So a fantastic service, but also understandably you start to see why it is Shikara is working within a specific role like this. Now, no matter what career you're in today, find opportunities to incorporate some version of a feedback loop within your day-to-day. Be willing to stop before you start the day so you can assess what needs to be done. Take comfort in making time to discover what you have done well and what you have maybe left undone. And appreciate that taking control of this potential collection of your own data can help you analyze daily how to approach the next day better than ever before. Again, a feedback loop, in my opinion, is just an essential part of 
any person's competitive journey, any person's journey towards success, you have to understand that things can be monitored, things can be assessed, and you have to be willing to consciously go through that process on a day-to-day basis. So just some fantastic insight, great takeaways, awesome talking points. I cannot thank Shikara enough for her time. And guys, listen, we've got some fantastic interviews lined up. I'm excited to get back on my competitive calls as well. So make sure you're listening out for those in the weeks ahead. But meanwhile, make sure you are taking the time to continually assess, look for ways to improve, and keep coming back and listening to episodes in the future so that we can continue to light that competitive fire within you to either jumpstart or optimize your career. Best of luck with everything you've got going on at the moment. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.